Hey everyone, welcome to this second annual second quarter review and mega collab, a huge episode of Bunch of Stuff That Happened uh, with your host, Joe D. and Ed. So this is what happens when you don't pre-write the intro? Yes, exactly. When I'm not like, welcome to the Stat Check Podcast. Follow us on Facebook and Apple Podcasts at Stat Check Podcast and Twitter at Stat Check Cast. Now to the episode of the second quarter giant Mega cast, yes, that's what I do when I free ball it. Well, the thing is, we have a lot on our mind too. We have Elsa coming on our shores. I mean, we're we're in it right now, right? Like we're absolutely a hundred percent in it. So it's uh, yeah, it's real. I forgot that was a real thing for you guys. I, I escaped all that. Yeah, you're living in New York. You don't have to worry about hurricanes anymore. Actually, actually, no. I think it's supposed to track up the eastern shore, and eventually it'll dump some rain on the uh, rat-infested haven that is uh, New York. I'm sure. Oh, hopefully, it drowns some of them. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think they've survived. Yeah, I think right now, right now it's in Havana. Yeah, and it's kept slowing down, right? Yeah, it was supposed to already be here, and then it, then it wasn't. Now it's like coming tomorrow. It's coming tomorrow. Well, tomorrow at two a.m. Batting down the hashes. Tomorrow is in tonight, like like four hours from now. <laughs> well, by the time this episode gets out, you know, one way or another, we'll know. <laughs> no, Joe, you're editing this tonight. If you don't have this edited in two hours, we're gonna we're gonna shut down the studio. <laughs> Well, I better get to the store, get some sugar cookies. So speaking of sh- shining down the studio, let's just start with the first thing that I really wanted to talk to you guys about. Because, you know, I love it when we like we have like a prediction podcast that we can like objectively review. So like we, we actually have that in the in the decon, um, you know, the Dragon Con update we did. You know. hey, don't just promote yourself to to the, the head of the cast there. You know, it's not the decon yet. <laughs> that would be ahead of the cast, be ahead of the convention, right? So, you know, we, we literally made predictions. I think, like, we were kind of a little bit split, I think. Like, I think none of us was, like, you know, we didn't have, like, a firm firm reading of, like, okay, this is 100% going to happen, like, and whether or not we would go. So I kind of want to just circle back on that. And and the other thing with DragonCon is that you guys attended this town hall. So maybe we start with the town hall and then start with, okay, how have you changed your mind or have you changed your mind? Because you, you don't have to change your mind, right? Like regarding whether or not you're going to go, what you think about it, and what you think about the the you know event in general. Well, I think I think you've once again buried the lead here because following our last episode discussing this, you know, we're now confirmed to definitely have some skin in the game. We were once again accepted <laughs> as usual to be on the anime track, you know, host some panels that we did last year with you know resounding success there, and we're going to run it back. So we really care now. Come on, Joe. I was trying. I was intentionally burying that lead. Come on, man. You're, you're giving me away here. All right. Well, I'm 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 building it up here because this plays right into my answer. I told you before. You know, if we get accepted, I'm definitely going no matter what. And sure enough, one thing after another. And you know, the town hall definitely played into that as well. I was there with Ed, and you know, I definitely got some notes down. And one of the key things that, you know, changed my mind about how I was going to approach this is they said that there's going to be a reduced attendance cap, but they don't know what it is. Oh, that that was a literal quote they said. So, so you're saying reduced cap, but they do not know what it is. Well, as soon as I heard that, I logged in and I bought my ticket. <laughs> and they, they started pushing, saying that if you have bought your ticket prior, that you're, you're guaranteed a slot. However, they have no indication of what the cap might be. Yeah, so that means you, you're you all right, D, because you rolled it over, so you're in. 
Yeah, yeah. But that means everybody else that rolled it over is already, you know, raising the floor under that cap. Mm. So if you haven't gotten your ticket and you really want to go, I, I would make a move now. I haven't heard that it's closed. I haven't heard any updates about what that number is going to be. But that just makes people more anxious, right? Mm-hmm. And there's, there was no word as to what the event will be if you go to Atlanta on a whim and you want to get a day one pass. Mm-hmm. Right. They did say that there is, they did set aside one day memberships as a separate block within the total pool of people that can be there. But again, they didn't give you like what the ratio is going to be of, you know, full weekend passes to one day passes. They're very adamant about saying that if you had bought your pass prior to the cap being announced, you're guaranteed entry. Okay, so so did they talk at all? They talked a lot about, it seems like they talked a lot about the cap. Did they talk about any other protocols, procedures, anything? Here's like the, the headline for me. I mean, I know we led with that, but the big headline for me was they're not going to set anything in stone about this as much as they can set it in stone until 30 days beforehand. So about August 1st is when they're going to announce, you know, a lot of details, safety protocols, et cetera. So we're so we're podcasting on on August first, the EPM of August first. Then, huh? I think I think that's going to be a pretty big deal. I mean, leading up to this, because it's going to tell us a lot about what's really going to happen. You know, they they talked about a bunch of things. They answered questions from attendees, and we're going to get into some more of those details. But they gave all those answers with the caveat that they just don't know and they can't give us something settled because of all the different partners they're working with in trying to arrange this. And a majority of people on the comments for the live town hall had like one thing on their mind, which was never answered in the town hall, was the requirement for masks. Uh, this, they mentioned that they don't know and will not give their position until the August meeting for the health precautions. What do you think that means? Because there's what they say and what, what it really means. Like I, I think that they're making it sure that they want to make sure they can get as much people as they want to. Because the minute they put the foot down saying that masks are required, they might lose a lot of clientele. Vaccines, too. Vaccine was a big point of discussion, you know, sort of back and forth in the chat. They didn't address it as much live, but there were lots of people arguing about, you know, if there's a vaccine requirement, I'm not going to go. I am going to go. I'm not going to go if there isn't one. You know, every position you could occupy, somebody was there giving their pitch on the side saying they would do it right you know of course you never know you know how many people have not left to canada after elections right yeah you know but one one thing i'll say this is and this is a little bit of inside baseball but you know i'll, I'll tip my hand here you know uh corporate america can suck my big big uh, d but you know being inside this industry and working intimately with these industries you know there was just a big fight and a big move because a lot of places hadn't adopted the uh standard for employees regarding vaccinations, regarding, you know, if you are fully vaccinated, then you can remove the the mask requirement for employees. Most major chains, Hilton, Hyatt, Marriott, right, had already done that for guests, but they just, they just agreed to roll it out for employees. So like seeing that direction and seeing that's already been rolled out in the major hotels. So once again, you're going to have hotel staff that are going to not be wearing masks. So like, I mean, that's just a corporate policy and DragonCon does not have the ability to override that. So, you know, I mean, that's that's just something that, uh, you know, you know is going to be a reality on the staff side. You know, I mean, it's something that I feel like, I don't know, maybe DragonCon is a little negligent and not mentioning that because if there's people that would be a, adverse to that, they should know. They should know that, right? 
Well, maybe they have something else going on here. I'll, I'll counterbalance that a little bit. Sure. You know, what they did discuss at this town hall was they did have a draft plan for how they're going to manage the space and do cleaning of a lot of the spaces that the con itself occupies. Yeah, places that require a lot of foot traffic. So, you know, the different meeting rooms, the different panel rooms, they're going to have staggered cleaning breaks. Mm -hmm. Some areas are going to have, you know, limited amounts of access to, especially like meeting celebrity guests or the Walk of Fame. And some areas are just going to have limited hours for occupancy. And so, you know, I, I hear what you're saying about the baseline for employees of the hotel during normal business. But I think that they have worked out some plan to try to accommodate the situation at Dragon Con. You know, maybe they can't remove certain things that employees are entitled to, but they can, you know, maybe balance that in other areas that they're trying to take precautions in. And again, you know, they could only give us like the outline of a draft at this point. Yeah. 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 One of the few things they touch upon is how the scheduling might look this year. Uh, as opposed to other years, for example, like uh, Joseph just mentioned, other places like let's say the high end, the Hilton have simultaneous events going on. This year, if there's an event going on at the Hilton, the Marriott will be closed for that time for cleaning, while the events going on the Hilton and for like the next hour, the next event will switch. So the Hilton will close down to clean while the Marriott opens up for the next event. And when they said that, I took that to mean like the big panel rooms. Where the you know in the past that they've had the big guests and the televised events on DragonCon TV, I hadn't heard anything. And D, you know, you can tell me if you've gotten any updates from our track director. Not none that you haven't seen. <laughs> well, I mean, so I don't know then, and I don't know if they know then how it's going to impact what's going to happen to those smaller rooms because you know we're down again in the basement, the Hilton basement, and there's like a row of three or four panel rooms right next to each other with people always you know queuing outside them, and so I don't know what the cleaning schedule, the staggering schedule is going to be for all of that. Uh, I mean, we got good times for our panels. You know, I couldn't be happier. What is it? It's like Saturday afternoon and Sunday night. That's like a prime slot. That's great for us. And I, I, I appreciate that they gave us that. And, you know, that, that actually lets me sort of bend to something else that came up. They did say, you know, they spent a lot of time crowing about the success of last year's online only event. I don't know what that means. Well, I didn't attend. But they, you know, they, they built it up and they said that going forward, you know, they want, you know, even if pandemic situations are brought under control they want to you know continue doing hybrid things in the future in order to push more content out to people that can't attend and we even got this too like and when we made the panel submission we were given the option of you know do you want to do this in person do you want to do this remote you know does it matter i said you know in person because our stuff's very hands on but I appreciate that, the, you know, they expanded on this at the town hall that, you know, every track they're going to be looking to be able to do more virtual or simultaneously casted content to reach other people out there in the world. Yeah, which is which is great. This is why I feel like come August, they might put their foot down on the masks and try and push the very the virtual component for those who don't want to attend. Wait, what do you what, So Ed, can you clarify? Yeah, I totally agree about pushing the virtual component. But what do you mean by pushing, putting their foot down on the mask? Do you think you mean like they're going to make it a requirement? Yeah. Like I feel if they're trying to upsell the virtual component of DragonCon and not lose their, their people who don't want to show up with vaccines or masks, 
this is probably the best alternative for them to offer to them as opposed to just visiting and then having to cause a ruckus. Yeah, and I guess a lot still depends on what happens in the next 30 days, right? Like, that's the crazy thing, right? <laughs> and we still have the, like, they didn't mention, I don't know if they mentioned during the beginning of the town hall, Joe, but they didn't touch upon, like, the risk with the new, the strain, the new Delta variant. Yeah, they did not. I mean, they had three people on there representing the Dragon Con organization, and they didn't have, like, you know, any consultant, scientific expert, hotel rep, you know, industry person, whatever. So it was it was very preliminary. There wasn't a lot of like really policy movable data that came out other than them giving broad strokes of certain measures they were going to take. So, yeah, I mean, with with the Delta variant and other possible variants, it's I mean, that I think is something they're going to have to lean on guidance coming from the top down. Right. Yeah, they have, they're going to have to wait until the county or the state of Atlanta says something about it. Yeah, and they're they're going to follow what the industry standard is, too. They're not going to, like, do anything. Like, DragonCon is not going to go out there and do anything. If anybody thinks they're going to go out there and do anything novel, they're they're kidding themselves, right? You know, like, they're just going to do what other cons are doing. or what, and, and probably, frankly, because of DragonCon, who it is and where it is. It's in Georgia. It's not in, it's not in Madison Square Garden or in, you know, LA, you know, where, you know, LA, I don't know if you guys have heard, but, you know, they're talking about rolling back, you know, mass reports there, right? So, you know, if it was there, then I would say, absolutely, there's a good chance that they could roll that down. But just it being Georgia, like, I'm not convinced that they will clamp down on it. If they do, they may do it in a weird way, like, okay, in the panel rooms, you know, when there's no separation, then maybe you have to wear masks. But, I mean, here's the reality, guys. And this is what, you know, talking to people who I know are going to attend, they literally like, you know, it's like, okay, well, there's not going to be, you know, it's kind of a facade, you know, people are going to run up and give each other hugs. People are going to be, you know, all up in each other's grill, you know. They, they better not run up and give me a hug. Well, I mean, Joe, come on, who gives you a hug anyways? All right. Exactly, I mean, because I exude that aura. Yeah. And I hope that that holds up. If somebody, you know, it, I mean, that's what these hands are for. <laughs> They're for everyone. Well, I was going to give you a hug, but okay. Oh, well, that's that's different, Ed. Uh, okay. I know you. I know you've been vaccinated. I know you take care of yourself. No, I'm just going to I'm just going to walk through that my asthma and just give you a hug. I mean, that dude that came up to me and took my photo last time. If I see, you know, you reminded me about that, Ed. I blanked that out of my memory. If he shows up, oh, I forgot face, about that. I forgot about that. That's a good one. But I mean, weird things like that happen, right? You run into people. Yes. And and are you going to throw hands? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody has different standards of what they think is appropriate, and that was before all this happened. Right, right. And then now you're going to, you know, it's kind of the, the the awkward area, but I know that a lot of the people that are going to attend, right? You know, so you look at, like, the population of people that are going to attend and how those people behave. And, like, you know, when I see those people, when I go to conventions or whatever, you know, I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'll throw out there Ice and FireCon. People know I was involved in that, right? You know, when I would go to that, you know, it was like that was the standard. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's a that's a small, intimate, you know, very. But once again, you know, you have a bunch of those people at the convention. And if, you know, if one person sees somebody greet you that way, then another person is going to do it. You know what I mean? It could be a group mentality thing. I, I highly doubt that if they put precautions on people, as soon as get people get in bigger crowds, that's going to go out the window. No one's going to care. Yeah. Like if it, if they let me put it this way if there's a, a party on the on the docket on the schedule like any one of those big parties or raves or anything like bro like, I don't care if they say point wear a mask to the rave like no one is fucking doing that I mean maybe the decorative mask you know like the the raver mask but not like a, a medical mask you know 
Well, I mean, that's what I'm concerned about when they say limited hours for some things. I'm worried that, you know, they. I feel like they'd already been trying to roll up the Marriott promenade there earlier each year. They've been trying to do that anyways. Yeah, anyways, like regardless, they want to close it. They did mention that they're going to give reduced hours for the arcade. Yeah, well, that's a very hands-on thing, right? I mean, you got to grip the controller and then pass it to the next one up. Yeah, I- I've never done that, but that that yeah, that makes complete sense. I haven't either. I wanted to, but now I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna like stand in a sweaty. It's still ass. in the dungeon. It's still in the dungeon, right? Like downstairs in the. No, no. The last year it was in one of the America's Mart buildings. Yeah, it was next door to the market. Mm. And Ed, were you the one with me trying to get in there and having a hard time? Yeah, we were. We were trying to find that secret passage that uh, Bob mentioned, but we couldn't. We couldn't find it. Yeah, we we ended up like in the D and D section instead. But that was another thing they didn't touch upon was the, you know, one of the few things we talked about via text is how the the entrance to the market will be this year. Mm-hmm. And if they're going to put checkpoints on each each of the entryways or are they going to boo any staggered entrance? They didn't mention that at all. They just mentioned the arcade itself and they're trying to do their best to accommodate their audience that will will or may show up towards the con. I mean, I'm going to give you a prediction on how the market's going to go. And they, you know, they already said that in the hotel spaces, there are no fan tables. You know, they already said that they want to limit access to people going up to celebrity guests in the Walk of Fame section. So I'm going to predict here that the market is going to have wider aisles, fewer merchants, partly because fewer merchants are going to want to go or will even have the resources at this point after a year of no cons to to own up to get there. And they are going to have a much lower. I mean, they always had like the fire marshals mandated cap for the amount of people that could be in. I think that's going to be radically lower. And even if people are scared off, I mean, I'm not going to go to the market probably if it's like this, because one, I'm flying with like one bag and two, I'm not going to try to fight my way through what I assume if people want to go is going to be the longest queue in the world. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was already three quarters of the way around the block, if not entirely around the block during peak hours last year. And to do that, plus, let's say they're doing temperature checks, it's not it's you're going to be there for the majority half of the day. Hmm. So either, you know, it's going to be clamped down because there are going to be fewer people selling and therefore fewer people wanting to go by. Or if there's a run on stuff because people haven't been to cons and they got to get their merch fixed, then it's going to be just waiting and waiting mm-hmm. and i know dragon con people are used to that but you know prepare yourselves yeah and and it, you know we're always used to a little bit of chaos right that's part of the kind of charm of the little bit of chaos right and i assume it will be a little bit chaotic but i mean there's something that i think i, I don't know you guys can probably tell me if you think i'm wrong right but i think that one part of the culture which will be back since it is back is the room parties i mean i speculated on this i think you guys kind of like concurred right that room parties will be a bigger thing and maybe that'll be a way of you know you you, you know the people that are coming in or at least you can know them right to a certain extent um to, to the to the amount you're diligent at the door and i think that maybe i think that also falls on how the hotels might be doing things what, what do you mean by that they can't keep you from from having a room party no they can try they can try it, but like, what's to stop your neighbor from complaining? Especially, you know, if they want to come in during Dragon Con to be safe, and the next door is having a party that twenty people can come in and going. Yeah, I mean, to be clear though, there's no gathering limits anymore in the state of Georgia, so I mean, that's not technically violating any rule uh, anymore, right? No, 
But yeah, no, if your roommate if your roommate is complaining about it and like, oh, there's people outside my door, right? Yeah, because you, you've seen some of the rooms, like what I think it was the, the Hyatt. They're small rooms. Yeah. And there's nothing stopping from them spilling onto the hallway and just hanging out like we normally do on the on the banisters. Yeah, or... well, I mean, the Hyatt's a bad case because it's an old busted building, you know, prefiguring a different topic we're going to hit here. And, you know, those those passageways around the interior are really narrow. You know, the Marriott, you know, we're again on uh, Team Marriott Boys here, has much wider passageways, has a it has a much better feel for getting around. And even if you are spilling out into those walkways, there's a lot more room there to do that. So I don't I don't see I don't see that being as big an issue for us in the Marriott. If the peasants in the Hyatt have issues, I don't care. I mean, D, you're excluded because you're in, like, the, the Platinum Tower. Yes, the isolated tower. I mean, you can only get there with access, right? You you must have the key. You're secretly, like, the safest person going to be at Dragon Con because you have to pass through so many checkpoints to get up to where you're at. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I think, like, unless you're off base, right? Unless you're, like, completely off base, uh, you know, at an off-site place, which, once again, you're not benefiting from the closeness some of the benefits of you know being that close yeah i mean there's going to be <laughs> there's going to there's going to be some problems i mean but but so do you do you feel like the attendance will be down or up i mean that's a big question because you know they say limited but the fact that they would limit it implies that they they think they would sell out do you guys think there's kind of pent up demand because that's kind of been one of the big narratives is pent up demand i think the fact that they're still having the event this year is going to have a huge turnout yeah it's going to sell out that's my prediction you're you're pretty confident about that. Like, like no question. Like, it's going to sell out. Even if you're on either side of the whole vaccine mask debate, just judging by the, the comments, everyone is just excited that it's this is going on. So you think that people are going to FOMO into it, even if they disagree with their, you know, political position regarding masks of the of the other, you know? Well, there's a lot of things because, like, for at least for Joe and I, I'm going. Well, I'm not going to speak for Joe, but I'm going. I'm speaking because I don't want to lose my room. Well, 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 okay, yeah, no, and, and that's that's a valid reason. So I guess what you're saying is is that these p anybody anybody you're saying regardless of what your position is pro or con you know right pro vax anti vax I don't know whatever you want to call it I, I hate framing it like that I'm not going to frame it like that but whatever side you're on of the argument what you're saying is you think people will come regardless they may kind of you know be hemming and hawing about it right you know puffing and huffing and puffing but they're going to show up anyways, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's that feeling when you have that sunk cost of the room. You know, if you, if you put the deposit... It's a big sunk cost. It is. I mean, you could recoup it. You could get it to somebody else. And we talked about that. You know, we're going to have a lot of extra space because three people, I think, that we expected as part of our caravan are not going to be here this time around. And so we have extra square footage. We could have condensed into one room and tried to pawn off the other one. I'm still trying to talk, you know, you guys into making one room the exclusive party room and, you know, just running that 24 hours a day. We'll see what happens. Not a horrible idea. I mean, alternatively, having like the entire room to myself to sleep in would also be pretty sweet. But Bob will never share a room with Ed again. I've been working on that. But it's like a share a room with you because you won't let him cook up with it. Well, we could just rotate through, right? I'm going to have one bag. We could just like swap rooms, however. You know, somebody needs some private time, they can get it. That's true. I mean, again, it's it's just be what yourself, D, Bob, and, and myself. That's it. Yeah. For this year. Yeah. Will and Allison have a prior engagement. And, uh, you know, as much as you swore you were going to get Lionel in, I guess that's not happening this year. 
Nope. I, I mean, you know, you can only do so much, right? Yeah, without forcing, you know, forcing people in, you know, conscripting. I'm getting conscripting. to the point where I want to force him to, to have this experience with us. It's just bad timing on in this part, honestly. It's uh, work-related. Yeah, and, and, and look, I mean, I think that's going to be the case for a lot of people. That always is, right? Because there's always people, you know, you're transitioning. If you've got a new job, you're switching jobs, right? I mean, that's why people miss a year. And, you know, it's an interesting – that actually brings up an interesting point. And I don't know whether one of you raised it in the chat or, or in a text, but – you know, I think there's some some speculation that this may be a big shakeup for legacy, right? Because we've we've had this this established gentry of legacy owners, and and you know this could be a big shakeup in the legacy pool. Yeah, I don't know if y'all are have done leg day enough to get back in those that Hunger Games run. Yeah, I, I mean that's rough, man. Because I mean, look, let's be real. We we go in on that, and we we all know we're all ready. We've got like six PCs geared up to go attack this. And like half the squad gets through, right? I mean, I feel like a sperm trying to fertilize an egg. You know, like most of the men die in that operation. You know. Yeah, but we we got lucky, thankfully. Well, I mean, Ed, Ed blame this on your inside connection. Yeah, Ocean. He's probably not even working there anymore. And you didn't get his number. You got to you got to text him direct and tell him, hey, you know, first floor again. I, I, that's that's one of the things I'm actually wondering about how the. The occupancy is going to be at the hotel if they do like a hybrid event. What do you mean hybrid event? Like they just say they 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 say something and then half the guests don't want to show up and they stick it to a hybrid and we and we still end up going. Like what the availability of the rooms are. If you're asking me, would they flip them for football people or flip them for outsiders or something like that? I mean, I mean it's, yeah, there's still going to be a football game that weekend most likely because there's always a football game that weekend. It's possible. I mean, that actually has happened historically in the past, right? So, I mean, you know, if they're available, they're available. And, and at a certain point, they will drop their rates to get to get the occupancy, right? That could be a huge issue, a massive issue, right? Because I think one of the reasons why it's worked so well is the last couple times, they've really kept it to the insiders, right? You know, they've kept it to decon. That's an interesting angle you're talking about, because that means if there is a big announcement at the beginning of August, and it does turn a bunch of people off, you could see movement at the last minute to get into host hotels if people are canceling. Yeah, because I, I'm not sure what the policy is, but even if they do mention this, the event is still going on. And from what I remember last year is that if the event's still going on, you still can't get the refund. Right. Yeah. And 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 yes, that, and that's the whole issue is that like they're not getting the refund, but eventually they, they might open up the block, but they also might not, right? Because if they've Here's the thing. They, the hotel will have to issue a refund if it doesn't reserve the room, right? I mean, you're not allowed to charge somebody for a room and then not give them access to that room, right? So, so it may be that there's like empty rooms sitting there if they're planning to just take the fee for the room and call it a day. You know, that could be the case. Now, if they decide to actually proactively cancel, right, if someone calls up and cancels or attempts to cancel, uh, that's different. Then that opens up that block and they're legally allowed to release that. But you can't you can't just charge somebody's credit card for a room and then release that room like that's that's clearly illegal like super illegal. Yeah, but I, I mean I was thinking specifically about cancellations if people decided in advance that either for policy reasons or you know as you said because of circumstances of life that they might not be able to go at the last minute and this might just might be a big year for that. And maybe it's a big year for a lot of transfers, right? Like you get like people who are kind of the robber barons that kind of end up, you know, I mean, you guys are almost in that sense that where you end up with a bunch of rooms because you're, you know, people have transferred you rooms and, you know, people end up these kind of legacy, legacy slumlords. 
Well, I keep I keep trying to illicitly instigate you guys into forming a cartel about this. I'm sure people have, but I'm sure people have. I'm sure there is like a, a kind of a secondary market where like people buy up a bunch of legacy rooms or, or snap them up as soon as they're there. I mean, I'm sure these these eternal dweebs that are there forever, you know, they know exactly when things are coming out. They they're the ones who post the links in the in the main chat. Right. And I, I'm wondering about insider trading on this is the next step. Yeah. You know, if there's a big announcement coming up, are they going to leak it to people they like? And let's be clear, the SEC is not regulating this. Come on, guy. I mean, you know, it's like, you know, this is something that lead of once again is completely open to, you know, you could you could buy a, buy a room off somebody or get traded or transferred a room and then resell it for twice the amount because you can. Because you can. And people are, people are going to be looking for them. DragonCon policy says explicitly, if you think you're trying to make money at DragonCon, it's probably not allowed. But, but. But that doesn't apply to DragonCon organization people. It also doesn't apply to, once again, like I said, these like these, you know, Eternals or the, the people that have been there for 20, 30 years. And they, they, they view themselves with an amount of arrogance and uh, uppityness that is uh, kind of unbounded. So I wouldn't put it past them to... Uh, to try that. Well, well, since we've taken a negative turn to this, I, wa- I want to get to the point that I had. I had said previously that I would prefer it if they would float a plan to people in advance and then change it if they had to. That is not what happened. And, you know, I want to refine, you know, sort of what I meant by that and sort of why I'm a little disgruntled about how this went down at the town hall. Mm-hmm. When it comes to things about people's safety, uh, you know, I'm risk averse. I take a certain policy stance when it comes to risk decision making that would say in this kind of case, I'd rather set a floor for safety requirements that is a little bit higher to hedge against having to change that in the future. Mm -hmm. You know, the outcomes either being, okay, well, it actually gets worse than it is right now. And having those preparations in advance for your attendees will help them. Or, you know, you have slightly more restrictive things than what may be necessary at the time. And, you know, it sucks, but, you know, it is insurance. Or even in a case that, you know, is a little more freewheeling, at the last minute, you relieve some of the restrictions that you had announced previously. And the worst thing is, well, people packed extra masks for nothing or whatever. You know, it's it's not a big deal. Yeah, that's not a big deal. I mean, I think at this point, people are very aware of that. I mean, frankly, you know, at this point, I think most of the people when you travel, at least when I do, and I've traveled a lot, like extensive amount over the past six months. And, um, you know, I always carry like spare masks, you know, I'm like, I've got like, you know, uh, at least probably a mask for every single day, just in case I, you know, something happens, or I just want to feel comfortable changing it. You know, I've got one for every day. I don't think that's a big deal. So I, I would have liked them to have said something like, you know, we are going to require some things and we're probably not going to back down on it, even if things get better, just to, you know, protect ourselves in this year that is still in a lot of flux. Yeah. We didn't get that. I don't like it. I understand where they're coming from on it, but it was just very wishy-washy. For people who have to plan far in advance, which is, you know, most of us peasants that can't, you know, just hop in first class the day of and get there. Mm-hmm. It is still a burden to not know what we're heading into. And it's one of those things where if I were someone living in Atlanta and sure, I would love to be a volunteer for DragonCon, but it's not really telling me how I'm being safeguarded from guests. Well, they were going to have the first in-person training. I think it was either this past week or it's coming up very soon for those volunteers. I don't know if they're getting extra information that we're not. 
probably because they're probably getting like some some insider tips. But it's just the thing where I'm not being paid to be here. However, you're not being strict on what they can and can't do, and I'm here risking my life just for the sake of being a volunteer. Oh, oh yeah, but here's the thing. I mean, for, uh, that's a good question. With that, that's a good statement. It kind of makes me think of a couple things. That it's like, well, I mean, at a certain point, if you are if you're at, I mean, first of all, I said this before, but if you're at risk, then you should stay home, right? I mean, frankly, if you're if you're extremely at risk in your within an at risk category, you probably should stay home. And I think that probably goes across the board. But teeing off of that, you know, I don't think they're going to get. I mean, from my rule, my view of the rules, I don't think at any point they would ban you as a as a volunteer from wearing them, right? So let's say you're a volunteer and you show up in a mask. I don't think they're going to say, hey, take that off, right? And, and from a company standpoint, I know that's illegal, right? So, you know, maybe you might be able to get away with that as a private organization that's not paying people, but you cannot tell employees to, to not wear a mask in the United States. And I'm sure it's not a good look. I'm sure that situation would never happen. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just saying, like, I, I mean, you do have it within your own power to protect yourself, either by A, staying home or B, you know, if you want to wear a mask, bring a mask. Don't, don't put too much on personal responsibility in a pandemic. Not not total, not total. But I'm, what I'm saying is partial, at least, you know, I'm I think people forget about that as an option. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to buy new masks for myself just to travel for this. Yeah. Just in case I'm going to make sure that I'm fully equipped. And I think it's good to remind people that that's part of what they need to put in their packing list, right? Whatever you want in your packing list, pack it. And it also varies on what flight you're coming into Atlanta with. I mean, driving versus flying, you mean? Yeah. So like, I, I, I'm doing a little research, but like some, some airlines do require proof of vaccination prior to you boarding the flight. Some of them don't. Some of them require masks. Some of them don't. Proof of vaccination? Really? Yeah. So I'm taking a flight to Seattle next month, and the American Airlines does require proof of vaccination. Uh, maybe. Wait, what? That's not true at all, though, because I've been on super, I've been several American Airlines flights. And I've never shown proof of vaccination. When I'm heading to Seattle, so I'm guessing it's just between Miami and Seattle, they are requiring it. Oh, maybe Seattle has a requirement. I don't know. That's interesting. So I'm saying like it just it varies where you're coming from. So if you're leaving a certain state that does require a vaccination, whereas Atlanta doesn't, that could be a huge factor for some people. I would have never oh. thought that states regulate that kind of thing when it comes to air travel. I hadn't even heard of that and whether they'd have like jurisdiction to regulate that. But it might be a Seattle airport thing. I don't know. That's interesting. Yeah, you might not be able to disembark. But that also be that'd be discriminatory. Like, I don't know. It's interesting. Uh, what I'm saying is that's very interesting, but definitely would would add a different flavor to it. Right. Because if you, for example, if you are somebody who's coming from abroad, like that's another issue is that like we forget about that because we're in the United States where, frankly, if you've wanted to, you can get vaccinated. Right. But if you were living in another country, like you may not be as fortunate to have access to uh, supply, right? Especially if you live in a non-Western country, right? Huge Western bias. Not that we're having a huge influx from Brazil or from Argentina, but I'm just saying that, you know, it's possible that you could be in a country where the supply is this high. Or alternatively, has not been part of the U.S. FDA authorization. Yeah, sure. You know, we have no eva uh, to my knowledge, we have no evaluation of vaccines produced in other countries for I mean certainly not for distribution here, but I don't know about, you know, states or employers or whoever recognizing them as effective in any meaningful way. Right. If you've gotten like the Russian one or the Sinovac, right? I mean, that's yeah. <laughs> that's not recognized, right? I mean, you're not gonna roll in here with Sinovac and, and be let into, you know, be let past. Any and I mean, in, in my line of work, that's that's a big deal because I'm sure, you know, as much as people still can, you have, you know, international fellows, traveling researchers, 
whatever. And you have to make sure you have all your ducks in a row for that kind of thing. And, yeah. And certainly it's interesting because now you're seeing the data coming out. I don't want to turn into a science, like a thing, but you know, the, the data about mixing vaccines and whether that produces a, cert, a strong immune response, et cetera, et cetera. So I mean, it's certainly interesting stuff to come on this. Once again, we don't know. <laughs> what I want to have mentioned at the August meeting is how local venues are also responding to having an in-person con. Right, because they've got the aquarium already booked up. Well, what that implies is, I mean, if they're if they're having events there, particularly, let's be real, if they're having the football event there, you know, that that is on the same scale and level as Dragon in terms of number of people and and proximity, right? What do you mean? Oh, I mean, I mean, if they're having the the kickoff game, you know, the Chick Fil A Bowl or whatever they call it there, that brings in almost as many people as Dragon. I believe Dragon has recently outdone it, but in the past, I think you know you get forty, sixty thousand people in for the football weekend because it's multiple games. Yeah, yeah. So now, so now the Peachtree Center will have to juggle both the Dragon Con attendees and whatever attendees are coming in for a future event during that same week. And you see how it is on a busy day, like on a Saturday. Yeah, I don't know about that place, man. I don't know if I want to go in there during all this. Uh, the Peachtree Center? So you're just going to bring your own stuff? Is that your, your your plan? Well, I got to see what's going on. But if they're going to have it like broken up and like long queues and lines that are spaced out to accommodate social distancing, it's going to be hard to navigate on foot. You know, it's already hard to navigate on foot. Yes, the restaurants may not have a restriction anymore, but you can't be a manager at a restaurant nearby Peachtree and look at the attendance coming in and not think about how you can potentially put your employees at risk. Or if you're an employee at those restaurants, you can't ask your manager, like, hey, what are we doing during this weekend where everyone's coming in? Are we letting everyone come in? Are we restricting guests? I mean, think of think of the year when it was under construction. It was there were almost no tables. It was really cramped. There, you know, was reduced space to even queue up to get any food. A lot of places were closed. I didn't go there very often just because it was obnoxious, not because, you know, I thought the building was going to fall on me. You know, it could be the same situation. Yeah, there was there was no space there. If I'm trying to get, you know, coffee from Caribou Coffee and they're like, well, only, you know, you have to have only so many people in line in front of us and then, you know, spread it out all the way down the way. You know, that's just going to take up a whole bunch of space. And then I'm going to have to leave the building to actually eat what I got and pass. Yeah, I mean, the, the, I mean, the one thing I can say for them, give them a little bit of credit, is they have expanded the options, at least at the, you know, Peachtree Center. But I mean, it's going to be takeout for me. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, have I, look, have I ever enjoyed eating in that mass? Absolutely not. In fact, one thing I loved about living in that tower is I'm right there. So why would I go eat with these fools? When I can literally pull up in my own private dining area, right, eat my food in, in silence or like listening to a panel that I want to streaming a panel that I want to on Decon TV. Right. And then, boom, I got it. So, I mean, that's always been a better option for me. So that's like no chain. Yeah, we all, we're sorry that we don't all live in the Gilded Tower like you do. Well, I mean, you guys, you guys may be accessing it. What he's saying is that he's hosting the banquet. He's going to go to Gus and he is going to deck us out with all this chicken and he is going to invite us to his palatial residence. Well, he better. You act like I've, you act like I've ever had a problem with this. I have never had a problem with this. I'll text you. you know, you're, wait, D, what are you doing? I'm running a marathon. What yeah, the fuck? Okay, yeah. that's in the morning. You're not even up then. Okay, come on now. 
when you know when we pull up, we're like, oh, I'm I'm at the pool, or you can't come over right now. I have company. Or I mean, if there's a sock on the drawer, then yeah. <laughs> but I mean, other than that, or I'm at one of my other panels. Yeah, I mean, you're you're still a busy guy, right? I mean, are you doing other tracks this year? Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, I've got a uh, GOT and then um, Wheel of Time. I told him to put me on that because the GOT content is light. Because obviously Thrones is over and it's no longer relevant. Sorry, not sorry. Got him. <laughs> is that still going on? Yeah, I, I said it. I said it. I said it. Guys, I'm out here and saying it. It's irrelevant. It's like a bunch of people, you know, that are going to be kind of whining and bitching about books not being done. That's normal for decon, right? That's what half the, frankly, that's what half of the literary tracks are. It's just one panel of people whining a book isn't done. Um, So yeah, that'll be a panel or two for, for GOT. But then other than that, you know, Wheel of Time is coming out. That's going to be on TV. So I'll do a panel on that maybe. And then uh, then anime tracks. So I mean, not a huge... I'm not trying. I wasn't trying to go crazy and overcommit, but I mean, yeah, I'll be busy. I'll be talking. I'll be, I'll be around, but not as busy as last year. Not even, or sorry, <laughs> last year, the last time I was there, which is two years ago. So not, not even close, not even fraction of the amount of panel. All right. But will, will I be, will I be doing things? Absolutely. Right. Yeah. It also varies as to how much scheduling they're allowing for, you know, for each of the rooms, especially with the whole blacking out rooms for cleaning. Uh, actual oh you mean panel rooms not uh yeah like, well any like events because that's what they're that's what they're doing they're gonna be blacking out rooms so they can clean right right i, I think the that they, they may be the other way with um with your hotel rooms i mean it seems the trend actually has been to say you know service only upon request for hotel room so probably won't have housekeeping over as often which i don't know if you guys have i mean do you guys turn down service at you know at uh i do you, you decline it you've always done that yep yeah, I always have two. I don't know what I'm going to do this year. It's a good question. What really? Why? Why would you change your mind? Just curious. Well, I mean, as we were just kind of brainstorming here, talking about rotating through rooms, you know, using something as like a party space or whatever. If that happens, if like one night is just like, okay, we want to host a room party, clear this one out, move my sleeping accommodations with Ed and Bob on the other side of the Marriott then I'd probably want that cleaned up before ever sleeping in there again. Yeah, if you've had a room party in there, you probably want to have that cleaned. So, like, if it comes to that, then it might be a situation of, well, okay, you know, that needs to be serviced, and so that's extra time where we're out, but hopefully during the day and no no issue. I'm, I'm imagining this in my head, like, we're still on the same floor or something. I don't know if that's going to be the case. I wish. If you guys are low, you low floor, you mean? Well, we were on the same floor last time, right, Ed? Yeah, we're just we were just across the the building. Yeah, like for, but on the second floor or like third on the fourth, I believe fourth, which is like the lowest possible, almost like almost unheard of. Still, if you can if you can walk up the stairs, uh, that is like huge W. That that's gonna be my routine for the month. I'm just gonna be on, I'm just gonna be on the stairmaster for the rest of the month, so I can get used to it. I I have been trying to do as much as I can to get my legs ready for this because I know. Getting in those elevators is going to be a situation. It's it, it's a not. I mean, the bro, the Marriott elevators. Are you fucking kidding me right now? Like, you want to talk about a confined environment? That's like Exhibit A. Yeah, especially <laughs> when they don't listen to the weight restrictions and they get stuck. Yeah, they're still not going to listen to the weight restrictions. I mean, you think people are going to change their behaviors? No, they never do. Unless they enforce it. Unless they enforce it. Unless they have somebody standing there to enforce it. Things might move faster. If they have somebody enforced? Yeah, but then we have to worry about, you know, that trick everyone talks about. If you want to get in the elevator, you, you want to get on, the, on like, the ground floor. If you want to go up, go down. Exactly. Yeah, and they're going to have somebody posted on. No, that, that's crazy. There's no way they could enforce that. 
Yeah, yeah. They'd have to have somebody post on every single, at least the base level. So at least, you know, the three main levels. Yeah, but that's like how many elevators in the Marriott, you know, in what, three different banks, two different banks? Uh, it's like four elevators. Four different banks, actually four banks. So like you'd have to have four people times like 12 staff. Pretty much on a shift that runs from like yes. nine in the morning to two Rotating. in the morning. You would have like forty-five staff minimum staff staffing those elevators. Like, yeah, that's like ridiculous. Like, no, you're not going to do that. That has to be staff. That couldn't be Dragon Con volunteer doing that. No, because the Dragon Con volunteer wouldn't have any. You know, come on. Yeah, so it's not going to happen. We're 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 agreeing that this is this is unlikely to happen. That, that, yeah, that's too much. It's too much logistically to even think about to have someone be posted. Which, by the way, is exactly what I was saying about most of these provisions. It's like, okay, there's there are limits. You know, there are limits to what people can do, right? And once again, there's also limits to authority. You know, once again, you do not take a volunteer seriously. You know, there's been times when literally I've walked right past one of those people screeching at me, you know, saying, oh, you can't go through this door. And I just walk through it and like YOLO because they're a volunteer. You're part of the problem. Yeah, I mean, that's what it is. You know, I mean, <laughs> you you do that hand wave thing to them. Oh, absolutely. A hundred percent. The dismissive hand wave. A hundred percent. It's my signature move. My special ability. Is this your Smash Brothers taunt? Yes. The Captain Falcon taunt for me. This is why you're not allowed in the Sheridan anymore. <laughs> There's a lot of reasons why I'm not allowed in the Sheridan. But uh, but yeah. Uh, so so Joe, um, you know, we got a lot of topics here. We got about you know we're almost an hour in. Um, did you want to bring anything else up? I know you wanted to tie in. We had a lot of stuff to happen. Sure, sure. I mean, you know, again, I don't know if I. It's already been an hour. I don't know if I said it before, but you know, this is the third. You know, the beginning of. The forthcoming year of this cast, you know, we started in 2018. So, you know, congratulations to us again. Three years running. Yep. Very good stuff. Uh, lots of episodes. I think we're coming up on 50, somewhere around there. So we've almost hit like one a week <laughs> if we were doing it for one year. Yeah. Well, yeah, but we were never going to be a weekly cast. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're doing better than one a month. That's not bad. That's a real thing. Yeah, we're, we're this is going to be the, the next one that's published is going to be number 50, whether it's this one or whether we go in that time warp and, you know, actually have the first quarter wanna... come out before the second quarter. <laughs> I remember when that, that happened once, didn't it? Uh, it's about to happen again because this one's probably higher priority than Bob's 20 minute review of Batman Ninja, <laughs> which was still. Uh, bro, is that are you struggling with that? I well. That episode has some technical problems. Oh, shit. Okay. It's fine. It's fine. We're, we're doing well here. Nothing's cut out. They only started shooting fireworks just right now. So I shouldn't have any issues. Still? They, they started sh- shooting the fireworks right now? Yeah. They must have some left over from you know, the rest of the weekend. This is why you know, I was worried about doing it last night. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder if we're going to have that, uh, that jungle juice thing going this year. What jungle juice? You know how at the on Monday they there's always that one room. Oh, you mean the leftover alcohol party? Yeah. Oh God. Uh, can they stop it? I don't think they can stop it. Uh, yeah, that's a fan run thing, and they they may, they go to like lengths to tell you that that is like fan run, and you're doing it at your own risk. Am I gonna cook somebody else's open snack food? I don't think so. I mean, you know what you're doing when you're eating that, right? Look, last year we got through because Will grabbed an entire case of sealed Pocky and we were settled. 
Mm. But yeah, no, I mean, that that's always a good thing to like say bye to people. You know, that's why I go to that. And I don't really, honestly, last time I barely drank because, you know, frankly, after that whole week, you're kind of not in the mood to drink anymore. You know, your liver is like shot. So, I mean, I think you could do it. I think, you know, if you're going to go to that, I mean, a sealed drink is probably safer than an open bottle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, drink at your own risk, right? Always. So, I mean... That's gonna be that's gonna be a big uh, a big thing with a lot of these room parties. You know, you go to a room party, do you know everybody on the list? Well, but no. Now, now you get to now you get to listen to my you know finely crafted transition. Ooh. You know, one of the nice things about Dragon Con having a lower attendance cap is that the Pulse Loft at the Marriott will no longer be in danger of being stomped down and crushing people to death. That thing is scary as fuck. Right. No no lie. And I think that, you know, realistically, after what just happened with y'all down there on Miami Beach, where an entire building collapsed, you know, in the dead of night, taking everyone by surprise, mm-hmm. that, you know, it's it's a good thing to look out for these things, you know, and I, I hope people will take those restrictions more seriously about, you know, don't try to pack everybody's friends up onto that loft. You know, you could feel it shake. That thing was that thing was <laughs> begging for it. I mean, God, you can see it wobble. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's not the type of wobble you do at a wedding. You know, I mean, this is this is a whole different level. Oh man, that was that was that was yeah, that was definitely something. And and I I think look, I, I said this to you guys in the precast, but you know, my building is doing a check for you know itself, and I think it's kind of a lesson to everything that we need to reevaluate like structural safety and you know just logistics here because you know a lot of things that we have that were built for events of different sizes and built for different you know activities uh just aren't fit for their current purpose and also a lot of these buildings are getting old like that building is now i believe the marriott marquee that building is like 30 years old now maybe uh maybe almost 35 like it it's a pretty old building it's about as old as we are so i mean after a certain period of time i mean and if it's anything like me the knees are getting a little worse i'm i mean we i've gotten work done you know i've gotten things bolstered up and checked so i mean if if i can get them checked then a building certainly needs to too especially when you know it can't talk it can't self-report i have a feeling that they're in light of what happened in uh surfside they're probably gonna be doing that too i i think so too because wasn't the, wasn't the, didn't the mayor have like a remodeling last year or the year before that? Um, year before that there was some remodeling. Obviously they re- it was the, it was the Hilton. The Hilton was undergoing renovations. And there was a fire last year, I believe, at the Marriott. That was the Sheraton, wasn't it? I think the Sheraton's the source of all problems. Yeah, I mean that—that's the one again that I want to stay away from. If if there's one of these hotels that's going to go down, it's going to be that one. Yeah, Mr. Sheraton, please get your building checked out because. I mean, indeed, you know, you you work in this industry. Uh, I hope that, you know, people... Well, let me put it this way. There are severe repercussions if they don't. And, and, you know, it is it is gross negligence and it is a criminal. And it's like there will there are extreme punishments for companies and individuals who fail to do that. I mean, like I said, engineers who end up, you know, being negligent in that case will lose their license. I'm sure Will can talk about that. You know, we dealt with that with the FIU bridge, right? Like those people, those people aren't able to be engineers for the rest of their life. They've lost their, their certification, right? They're done. It just feels weird because growing up in South Florida, it felt like that was always an ongoing saga. The sketchiness? Well, before the FIU bridge, FIU had like one of these parking structures that was sinking into the ground. Yeah. Or I don't know if you guys remember when they built like the new shopping center at Dadeland Station 
you know, where the target, the best buy and all that is, that thing you yep. know, had to be reinforced almost immediately because it was, you know, swaying in the wind. Mm-hmm. So it just feels like that there's always some tale of, I mean, I'm biased. I think it's a South Florida thing, but, you know, you're telling me. Our ground conditions are, our ground conditions are, are pretty weak here. If you know what we're based on, you know, limestone, not like granite, like, uh, like in Manhattan or something like that. Right. But it's, it's not a mystery, you know, it's no secret that people need to take care of that stuff, but it just always felt like, and, and again, like maybe, maybe I should have tried to stuff Will in a bag and get him onto here to give us some professional comment about this. but. You know the lessons weren't learned. Well, and and look, I mean, let's be. This kind of is a is a non engineering perspective, but it's easiest to hide things you can't see. You know, the things that are easiest to kind of tuck away and ignore are the things that are not right in your face and super visible, right? For example, you know the uh, you know we don't really care about the uh, you know inner politics in the Middle East till the gas price goes up, right? You know, if you're not really hearing about, you know, regime change in Oman, you know, that might not matter until you see, you know, it tick from uh, three to four. Right. Or, you know, the, the, the shutting of the Straits of Hormuz, you know, something like that, that you may not be paying attention to until it ticks up, you know, and, and in that same way. I mean, what what do you see less than a foundation? <laughs> I mean, you never see it unless you are trained to know how to go and look at it, go to how to go inspect it. Right. And maybe this is just the lesson here. I mean, we're talking about, you know, a precautionary approach at Dragon Con for safety. You know, you mentioned the Straits of Hormuz, you know, <laughs> I mean, if we're talking about, you know, not noticing until something goes wrong, you know, the the ever given fiasco that we had recently, if there's only one way through you know, and you're just betting that nobody screws it up. Well, eventually somebody's going to screw it up on a long enough timeline. Yeah. How, how long did it take to clear the Suez Canal? Was that like a week? It was something like a week. But I mean, just, you know, you saw the satellite photos of the the line. It was like the line to America's Mart at Dragon Club. <laughs> you know, all these people waiting to get through, you know, to get their swag. I mean, I know people who were complaining on the Internet. It's like, you know, the, the figurine, the statue, the wall scroll, ah! the DVD set I was importing isn't going to be here. Right. And they don't have enough gas to navigate the Cape of Good Hope, right? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I was I was kind of like stuck on that at the beginning of COVID. Ed, you know, knows that I placed a big import order mm-hmm. right. You know, I pre-ordered it a year before and it was due right around the time when you know, we were concerned about lockdown going from like, you know, is this going to be a month or two to this is never going to end. Right. But they got it through. But I count myself really lucky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because some of my packages were blocked until late last year. Oof. I also had packages never arrived. But, you know, the the one big ass box from Japan did make it. But we're, we're hanging by a thread. To answer your question, there was, was six days that it was blocked. Six days. Okay. That's still a long freaking time for like how much traffic goes through that little that little slot, you know? So that's six days that we're gonna be wrapped around America's Mark trying to get in. Yeah, and then on the seventh one you'll rest. But no, I mean we're we're hanging by a thread for a lot of these things, and I'm just gonna be that, you know, that guy who's like, you know, this isn't really a great way to go about it because it's all fine until it's not, but then it's a catastrophe. Yeah, yeah, and then uh I think I think one thing I do I do think is we can learn lessons about these things and I think you know this is a lesson for decon this will be a lesson for all cons going forward right because you know we and we've spent most of just talking about decon but you know surf side applies too you know it's like the the preparatory measures and the kind of the importance of thinking about things before they happen 
Yeah, just, just we have to make sure that your infrastructure is at least capable of having that much traffic. Right, and taking care of things that uh, that you need to take care of, right? So, Ed, speaking of things you need to take care of, is there anything on your, your short-term radar that you're looking forward to, anything that's you know coming up in the next month or two for you? I mean, I'm going to go visit a friend of mine in Seattle, so it's probably my first time going anywhere west of Chicago, so I'm, pretty, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. That should be awesome. Yeah, I mean, the Pacific Northwest is kind of really cool, and, uh, like, naturally, like, they have this sort of rainforest effect, you know, it's sort of like being in a rainforest, but it's like a cool rainforest instead of a, a warm rainforest. Yeah, it's not as humid, apparently, from what my friend tells me. It's humid, but it's like a different, it's a cooler, you know? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Well, because, D, Vancouver is one of your haunts, right? Yeah, well, not haunt. I mean, I, I've been there a lot. Uh, I really love Vancouver. Vancouver Island was great. Um, I, I'm a little salty about, you know, the, the captain statue I took a photo with that got torn down. But aside from that, um, you know, it, the, na- the nature there is outstanding, outstanding. And I really love just the weather there and just hanging out there. I mean, it's one of the best places, I think, to see like raw, untouched nature um, on Vancouver Island and just out there. And I think those forests kind of are something that's kind of lost because on the East Coast, we just devastated forests that were kind of untouched. You know, we cut them down for lumber and whatnot. Um, so there's not a lot of old growth, but out there in Washington, Oregon. Uh, well, you, you didn't hit me up when you came to visit me upstate. You know, if you wanted to go out into the woods, climb a mountain. I, I don't think that new, anywhere near New York is has uh, not been, you know, thoroughly... Uh, uh, assaulted. No, 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 no. When I was living, you know, I took Bob over to Vermont and we climbed a mountain. I'm, I know there's mountains, you know, I'm just saying that, that right. But it was, it was out there. Okay. Well, let me, I'll, I'll, perhaps I will take you up on that offer to investigate if I can feel like I am actually out there on the East coast, because, you know, I often, um, will not feel that way on the East coast, right? Frankly, I feel like I'm not like in the middle of nowhere. I kind of know where everything is. And I feel like very connected to society versus like very removed. I don't know. It's a different feeling out there. That's all I'm saying. Okay. I like that. I like that a lot. Like, I, I mean, I was, I was channeling that energy, you know, me and the bears, not Nate, but you know, real bears. <laughs> I, the, the, the perennial friend of the cast. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, no, that's exciting. I mean, I'll be in Vegas uh, next week. And actually, I, I was going for pleasure and then I'm staying for work because I have a meeting with uh, corporate overlords the next week. So I'll be there for like two weeks. So that's going to be pretty interesting. First time I'll be back there in a long while. It'll be interesting to see how things run in the casinos. You know, we're talking about conventions. I mean, <laughs> casinos are like conventions every day and the number of people they have and protocols and things. So that'll be interesting. What I've just generally heard through the grapevine is that Vegas itself is pretty open at this point, you know, that there are no restrictions from the top down, at least, you know, I- I'm looking forward to your report about that. Yeah, I'll definitely get you guys know. I mean, probably in person, because I think, you know, the next time we'll, you know, just be at Dragon Con. The only other stuff I think we have coming up on the recording schedule is very focused into setting up for our panel on my hero academia that we're going to be hosting there yeah which you know maybe we get a little bit of teaser episode before we go into it right i mean we got to give the people what they want we got three seasons of recordings we're going to do four and then we're going to do as much as we can of five right mm-hmm. yeah i mean it'd be good to get the tip out before we uh go all in on decon but uh but yeah so guys any parting words because i'm gonna i'm smelling the the food finished cooking here so i'm gonna get that in my belly soon no we're just waiting was waiting for augustus and look i guess fingers crossed for dragon con yeah i mean i'll i mean we're all gonna be there right yeah i mean we will we will see each other there it'll be good to see you guys too yeah make sure you pack the right mic we're gonna we're gonna do the usual thing yeah 
you know, Ed, bring your camera and Bob is going to be there to uh, work the crowd. <laughs> we'll have everything we need. Actually, yeah, I, do, I probably will need to hit you guys up sometime before that, just logistically, but we'll do it when we do it. All right. Sounds good. All right. All right, guys, take care. Well, it's been a good cast. And guys, I will catch you next time on the Stats Check Podcast. Hope you joined us for the second quarter mega ultimate great breakdown. Take care, and we will talk to you later.